Tonight we continue our discussion of season two, and this is our third in a series of five. Our focus this evening is on the women, because this is an an unusual sort of thing, particularly in the way people tell the story of Jesus. Often the story of Jesus, whether it's in different movies or TV shows, often that story is told in the through the lens of men and male actors and male participants in the story. What's fascinating about The Chosen is that they're very intentional about highlighting the stories of women, how women relate to the ministry of Jesus, how they relate to Jesus himself, how they function among the disciples. And this highlighting of women is, is sort of revolutionary. And it's something to pay attention to, because what we learn about Jesus through the eyes of the women reflects something uh, basic about humanity, that we are male and female, and we experience Jesus through different lenses. And yet, Jesus, through those different lenses, helps us to see the whole Jesus himself. Now, in this story, we have women traveling with Jesus, which is an unusual thing. Rabbis didn't allow women to travel with them. But in the story of the chosen, based upon Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, which describes how women supported the ministry of Jesus and were present in the ministry of Jesus, we have several women who are part of the constant storyline, whether it's Mary Magdalene, or Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Tamar, or Fotina, who is the Samaritan woman, or Raymon. Uh, women are active participants in the ministry. And that is something I think is important for us to focus on. Absolutely. Thank you, John Mark. And I'm going to get us kicked off today um, talking about one important within the Chosen series and that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, I just want to start off by saying that as a woman and a follower of Jesus, it has been so valuable for me throughout this series to understand better who the women were in Jesus' history, how they helped, um, you know, nurture and tour to, and even um, just be that womanly figure um, with all the disciples and kind of keep the ministry running. They have a very important part of this ministry. And so, As a female follower of Jesus, my favorite part of the Chosen series has been learning about these female characters we're going to discuss today. And so the first one is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, And it's been really interesting to me to see her character throughout this series. You know, in the scripture, we see her, you know, obviously giving birth to Jesus, but we don't really see about her a lot as Jesus is older. And so we just see her throughout this series being a mentor to all of kids, I guess, the disciples, guys, they're probably like her sons and daughters. We see her teaching um, the women and just being a mentor to them. So um, as season two starts out, we see um, Jesus performing, um, I would call it a miracle, where he heals hundreds and hundreds of people. And it was such a unique scene um, just to see like how long that could take, how many people actually came to be healed by Jesus. And after it's over, we actually see Jesus mentally and physically exhausted, which is something that we don't really think about when it comes to the terms of 
what it actually leads us to perform these miracles. And it's kind of chaotic. The disciples don't really know what to do, um, but Mother Mary knows what to do. And I think that was her mother thinks she knew what Jesus needed. And it really just started shape her importance in Jesus's ministry. Um, and we actually see her um, come over to Jesus and wash his feet um, and just be that light to Jesus, that that relaxation, that nurturing mother to him. And that's all he needed in that moment. Um, and we see her throughout the series being that figure to everyone. I'm so really uh, thankful that the Chosen showed who Mother Mary is, her importance, um, and how she mentors to uh, the various women of the series as well. Yeah, you know, three takeaways from what you just said, Haley, is uh, the mother of Jesus is kind of the wisdom of the group of Jesus. You know, obviously he's the most wisdom, but they the, all look to her. And to the scene where she goes over and takes shoes off and, you know, he's exhausted. She washes his feet. Everybody else takes notice and kind of is like, oh, that's what we should have been doing. You know, we should have we should have thought of him like she does. Now, the the viewer may think, well, yeah, but that's his mom. Anybody's mom's going to take care and dote on their on their son. Right. But she's kind of in two different roles. She's still his mother. But she also is probably the one that, well, it's no probably to it. She knows him better than anybody else there does so far. And even though she may not understand it all, like we've said before, she takes all of these things and treasures them in her heart and ponders them. And I think that is what comes out as, as the wisdom that is displayed that you just mentioned. David, what, what struck you? No, yes, I think you're right. I mean, she's not only teaching the women, she's also teaching the men. And not teaching by telling them what to do, but by actually doing what they should be doing. And sometimes we're good about teaching with our mouth, but what are our actions saying? Are we putting our mouth, our, our money where our mouth is? I mean, if I'm telling you to do what to do and I'm not doing it, am I really teaching you something valuable? And so that's that's very important because we also see another teaching in this in this season two. We see uh, Rayma from Mary Magdalene, and that's actually learning how to read and, and learning the Torah. Since back in the day, women didn't have access to that, and so it's important to see both ways of teaching and learning. How sometimes you gotta be taught how to read and how to learn things, but other times you just have to see it. And, and Mother Mary was just showing us what to do by just being a mother and knowing what to do with the wisdom that she had. Hey, John Mark, did you I happen do. to hear uh, do as I say, not as I do? <laughs> I think there's something of that there. I mean, I, Mother Mary's presence among the disciples is really a temper, a presence. You know, when they're arguing around the fire and Mary comes be a part of the circle around the fire, things get calmed down a little bit, and they want to hear about Jesus growing up. And you can see how reflective Mary is, how that pondering in her heart, she is taking all this in, treasuring it in her heart, but she's also exuding it. It's, it's coming out in her, in her style, in her way she talks, in the way she counsels. For example, in that scene where Rayma and Mary are having are like food, and they're having a conversation about what God is doing and why Jesus is doing this and why Jesus is doing that. And and Mary is the one with the wisdom. And I, and I really appreciate that that focus on Mary. I mean, as as uh, Protestants, we don't typically have a lot of focus on Mary. 
And only the scripture doesn't tell us all these stories. Remember what the chosen is. It's not it's not a scripted by the Bible in per per se. You know, it's it's rather developing themes and developing scenarios that are consistent with or deeply rooted in scripture. So the idea that Mary ponders things in her heart is used by the writers to say that wasn't just a one time event. This was something that was a part of her walk with Jesus and her participation in his ministry from birth to cross and to resurrection even. So I think that's really important. And I appreciate Dovey bringing up the, the sense of learning that women, women were not a part, as the chosen tells us, were not a part of rabbi school, right? They didn't go to Hebrew school. And so women don't know how to read and write, and they don't know the Torah. They can't respond. When you have the disciples around, they're all just, you know, every they can quote the scripture, right? Whereas the women don't have that advantage, been equipped in that way. And so one of the things that I, I find fascinating is the way the chosen has has emphasized the hunger that these women have to learn the scripture and to know the scripture. It's like First Timothy two eleven says, "Let men learn. You know, let them learn. This is this is part of what being disciple of Jesus is, that the women are to learn as well as the men." Yeah, what an inviting environment, really. I mean, it had to be just unbelievable for Jesus to 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 foster such a culture would let that take place, as John Mark said. So, Haley, you know. To us a little bit about how Magdalene is teaching Rama Hebrew in the sure. in the story. Of course, you know it, it's it's sort of comical to people like John Mark and myself because they're they're showing you Hebrew in the in the episode on the paper, but of course they're speaking English and that's fine. But uh, she's teaching her Psalm one thirty nine, uh, and they're just repeating it. They're verbally saying it, and Rama's writing it down. Absolutely. So what we see is. Well, it's obvious why Jesus chose Mary as a female follower for various reasons, but one of them is she can read and she can write. And so, so we see him using her and her gifts to help mentor the other women. And we see her being patient with Rhema, um, helping her learn to read and write and reciting scripture that Mary actually um, understands and memorizes. And she calls out that I'm working to miss scripture so that I don't slip up again. And so I think it's important to talk about, um, you know, how important it is that we, we learn scripture, make it a part of our daily lives, make it a part of who we are so that when we do face hard times, we can cling to that. And we see Mary doing that throughout this series. Um, so Mary, um, as we see her in season two, she struggles a bit. Um, we see her through, um, I think, a very impactful part of this season, actually um, having a downfall. She falls back into um, sin and temptation. And um, it's because, you know, she was faced, um, she came in the presence of the, the demon, demonic spirit and it triggered her. Um, and in our lives, things can trigger us. Uh, we can um, fall again. But as we see in this episode and raise that Jesus will rescue us. So Mary um, falls away from Jesus. She is too afraid to come back. She's too afraid to show her face. She feels that she's not worthy of Jesus's presence. And I think The Chosen did a great job of showing us that not only was she worthy, not only did Jesus forgive her, 
he actually sent his followers to go find her as soon as he found out that she was gone. Um, so that shows us that no matter how far we have strayed away, no matter what we're dealing with, it's never too late. Jesus is always there with an open door. And I think that was a very valuable um, scene in this season. We also see the mother of Jesus, um, Mary, teaching her and mentoring her in those moments when she can, she was trying to get back on her feet. Um, so for me, uh, whether you're a woman follower or a male follower, um, that was a very, very important lesson that I took from the season with Mary. And I know we're talking about the women, but it's also uh, seeing the different aspects of a new follower like Rayma that doesn't know the scripture, doesn't even know how to read and how much thirst there is in her to learn. And sometimes we listen to the gospel, we believe the gospel and we accept the gospel and confess it. And that's it. We show up on Sunday. We may show up on Wednesday, but are we truly studying uh, throughout the week in our homes? Are we having that thirst to learn the scripture and to be in communion with the word? Or are we just showing up and, and, and that's it? I mean, because you got to see how, how much thirst there is from her to, about Jesus because she's she's come to meet him and, and she's following him now. And now she wants to learn more. And I feel like that's a good example for us, uh, for anyone that's a newcomer or for us that have been in the word for longer to always have that thirst to learn and to be invested in the word. And also it, it's a good example to see Mary as a teacher and seeing how a teacher that's also invested in the word, that's teaching others about the word, seeing them struggle and realize that we don't, we don't have it all together. No matter how much we're investing in the word, no matter how much we're, 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 we're getting close to Jesus or how close to Jesus we are, like she was in that moment, there's moments in life that we're going to struggle and ways a way to come back and and jesus is always there for you so that that was just powerful to me to see that you know uh, i appreciate that very much but what haley and, and david say there that, that it's really striking me one is you know that excitement to learn that excitement to be able to remember remember how um uh, thomas is a little put off by the fact that Rayma is learning the scripture. You know, why do you need to learn the scripture? Just ask me. I can tell you. You know, do that. Um, that I thought that was, that was really funny, but it also it also gave us a sense of the attitudes that were present in the culture. Ah, uh, the men are the ones who're going to do this. You know, you you women don't need to trying to learn the Torah for yourself. So I really appreciate that that thread in Gozen. Uh, and uh, I appreciate also that sense of um, that Haley was talking about the shame that came upon Mary. You know, shame is such a toxic element. Shame can make us feel unworthy. Shame can make us feel. Shame can exclude us. Shame can can say, "Okay, don't don't bother with me. I'm too far gone. You know, I'm not going back." She says to uh, to Peter and Matthew, "Shame will do this." And, and I appreciate Haley pointing out how Mary, Mother Mary, was kind of the initiator. When she came back to the camp, Mary met her and put the, put the head covering back on her head, loved on her, encouraged her, and say, you know, Jesus, this feeling, you know, that Mary is trying to tell her, Jesus is going to be okay with you. 
You know, Jesus is going to receive you. Jesus is going to welcome you. That's what we need. We need people in our lives who, when we have those triggering moments, those traumatic moments that, I mean, she sees that Roman soldier and it all comes back, right? And it's triggered her in a traumatic way. And she has to, she has to find a way back. And the disciples help her, but Mary particularly helps her. Mother Mary and Rema help her to prepare her to meet Jesus again and to know that she's going to be welcomed when she meets Jesus again. Yeah, I want to go back to something Veed said, if we can, for just a second. Uh, you used hunger and thirst in your description a lot of like Rema and really the younger actor, younger characters in the story other than Mary, Lord of Jesus, right? He has the wisdom and kind of a little bit more even killed uh, across. But it reminded me of Eugene Peterson's book, uh, Eat This Book, where the concept is that hunger is not is not just for knowledge, but to actually for Scripture to become a part of us. Like when we eat our food, we eat our food because we're hungry. Yeah, I get that. But we also eat our food, and it, and the food gets processed and becomes muscle or bone or fat or whatever it becomes, right? Not, it's not just energy, and it's gone. And when we really consume Scripture, like these characters, like David showed us, especially Rama is, is just she can't get enough of the learning. Um, it becomes a part of us, and it forms our character. And then it comes out out of just habit and uh, muscle memory. Instead of having to, as David walked us through, having some sort of staccato life where, you know, you, you said earlier, we, we come on Sunday and we come on Wednesday, but are we really studying? Well, are we really making it actually part of our makeup? And I think that's one of the things they're trying to show is the, the, the contrast between Mary, the mother of Jesus, it's part of her makeup. Some of the younger characters, it's not part of their makeup yet, but they are hungering for it. And hopefully the show will continue to show us that it does become part of their makeup, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I really appreciate the way that does, and I appreciate the way The Chosen has a way of focusing on scriptures in, in different episodes. Um, for example, in this episode, it's Psalm 139. Now, when they're at the table, they're, they're doing something, but the one that they're memorizing from Philip to Matthew to Mary to Rama is Psalm 139. If I ascend to the heights, you are there. If I go into the depths, you are there. And that was used at two really important points. One is when Mary sees that Roman soldier, she's, she's reciting that psalm. And she has to figure out a way, you know, how is it that in the depths, in this triggering moment, that I'm in the depths of darkness, how is God here? Where, where is God? And that's her struggle. And then when Matthew is being sent by Jesus to Jericho with Peter, remember Jesus brings that up as well. I'm there in the depths. You can go into Jericho that is depicted as kind of this, um, you know, Wild West kind of town, right? Uh, filled with evil. Um, it's a dark town, you might say. And Matthew is encouraged, go into I'm there. Find Mary. Go into the depths and find Mary, because because God is present. God is there. So I really appreciate how they use Scripture to illuminate experiences, to frame experiences, uh, and that that's part of that hunger. 
to know scripture in, in such a way that we can see our lives through those texts or in the in the frame of those texts. Let's go to Tamar for uh, the next character then. We've looked at Mary, mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and, and Ramah. Tamar comes along, and I think if you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first one um, that has witnessed a miracle, the leper was healed, and she, in the backstory somewhere between episodes, goes and gets a an acquaintance or a friend that is uh, crippled, and then she is, in, at least in the Chosen's depiction of it, she's the one that orchestrates the roof lowering of, of the paralytic while Jesus is actually in the house preaching. And, um, you know, that's an interesting concept for multiple reasons. One, the empowerment of, of women and, and having the boldness to interrupt Jesus while he's preaching because of their faith, right? Uh, which Jesus says, your friend's faith have healed you, which is, they did that wonderfully. But number two... Um, I think it also shows that besides the female role and the faith, it shows that when Jesus constantly says, hey, don't go tell everybody, my time's not yet, Um, it was already happening. People were already hearing through the grapevine, through the word traveling from city to city, what he had done. And here was an example of Yeah, well, I think Tamar is an interesting character. I mean, we're just really getting little tidbits about her here in season two, we'll see more in season three, but that she is a Gentile, that she is an Ethiopian. She is out of her. Now, she doesn't know this Jewish culture all that well. Um, and she becomes, she she joins the disciples, basically. At, at the end of the story and season two, she has now become one of the disciples. Uh Remember, she's she's spreading the word about Jesus there in Capernaum with uh, with the guy who was healed, and they're out there in public trying to convince people that Jesus is something special, and the disciples are saying, "Oh no, you know, don't don't do that just yet. Uh, we're not ready for that yet." Uh, she's excited about it. She's empowered by it, and she can't stay silent about it. She has to speak, and even though don't speak she just can't let it go she has to speak and i think that's that's one of the things that happens to us when we encounter jesus we have to say something we just can't keep this to ourselves and so tamar ultimately becomes a part of the group um and she's different in a lot of ways she's she's not a part of the jewish culture Ethiopian. She, she's probably fairly wealthy or in some sense. We, we'll get more of that in season three. But she becomes an integral part of the group itself. I agree with that, John Mark. Um, I love, for me, my personal opinion is the themes that we're seeing here in these women, Tamar, as we're speaking of her currently, um, you know, witnessed the miracle, you know, actually witnessed multiple miracles that Jesus had performed, her faith allowed for the paralytic to be healed, her friend. And we see her, um, as you said, not being able to stay quiet and choosing to follow Jesus after what she witnessed. Um, we see this also um, in Mary Magdalene. You know, he he actually physically healed Mary. We see this in Rhema as, as she witnessed the water turning to wine. And so we just see a theme that when you experience the, all of the miracles of Jesus and what he could do, 
you can't stay quiet and you can't help but want him. And you see, you see Tamar come into the camp and she's kind of overwhelmed, obviously, and just kind of wondering how is this going to go? You know, they don't eat a ton. They're kind of nomads on this journey, um, this ministry of Jesus. Um, but you do see the, the thirst and the hunger for more. You do see that thirst and hunger for Jesus. And they don't understand how everything might work, but it'll it'll all work itself out in the end because they're following this awesome ministry. So I love that thing that we see in them. Yeah, I was thinking while you were saying that, it's kind of the forerunner of the 